Took only one before you threw in the towel. Episode 164, it's me, Gary Payne, of course, the Prof. Carl Riley. Gary, it's even hotter than last week when we recorded. Yes. Bleeding roasting. It's absolutely scorching now. There's no air. It's very, very hot, Prof. It's very hot. Uh, we're going to have to invest in a fan. Tifty's fan. Official fan supplier of the Tifty's podcast. Somebody please give us a fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we'll talk about our sponsors real quick. Ocean Electrical, of course. They are currently... Helping out with six schools for the Department of Education. They are giving back to the community. Finishing off an office block in Black Rock. And they are doing all types of electrical testing. So Ocean Electrical, they do it all, literally. They're even getting involved in philanthropy and everything. Um, Great guys looking after absolutely everybody with their electrical skills. So, and lesser credit, of course. Um, So Prof, you come home from work. And... uh, Go through the door and all of a sudden you've no roof. Your roof fell through. What do you do? What do you do? You call Lancer Credit. Why? Dig out your back. <laughs> <laughs> Taking my line now. Uh, and of course, the official brewery of the show, Four Profs. We'll talk about a little bit more later on. We'll get delve deep into that green ribbon. It's coming, Prof. It's coming. Hard and fast. So uh, Where was my takeaway Guinness today? Oh, Prof. I, can barely, I barely even got down. I barely <laughs> even got down. Uh, I had to get a loan of a car. Lara rings me and says, The dart's crashed. So she's, the dart crashed. She's the kids, the nieces, the nephews, and all. No one was hurt and all, but it was a big drama. And uh, I had to go get a different car. Come over here. Points. I actually was thinking about points, but then I realised I can't. We're hearing a lot of stories and excuses about crashing darts, but at the end of the day, I've no Guinness here. I <laughs> know, I'm sorry, Prof. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll just abandon my family and get you Guinness. Um, yeah, so that's it. We're going to talk about our comeback, Wayne and Derry. Uh, so we have two interviews for you. We have Pico Lopez and the Love Rovers Hate Racism Gang. And we will be talking. It gets a bit deep, Prof. It gets a bit deep. I know you say don't mix politics with football, but sometimes you just have to stamp out the right and uh, give them what for. So we've Galway goalkeeper, of course, friend of the show, Connor Cairns. And he returns to Tifties ahead of our FAI Cup first round tie in Tala. So it's a jam-packed bumper issue for you this week, Prof. So the club have been left waiting on permitted attendance. So we couldn't release tickets until Wednesday. This is still going on. So as we as we said, we're not sure. It's The rumours are bad though. We're hearing it's mm-hmm. a small attendance. Well, I've written Wednesday there because I actually thought it was going to be today. Yeah. But we still don't know. Which is ridiculous. And it's not Robert's fault at all that we were in this position. Trying to sell tickets one or two days before a match. Yeah, no. Mad stuff. No, we will snap them up, but it's just not ideal. It really isn't ideal. And um, Mm. we'll, like you said, you'll probably know by the time you're listening to this. Just on a side note, Dundalk have been allowed a thousand fans for their European game in Tala. 
and Bowes can have 8,000 against Dudelange at the Aviva. It'll be interesting, all right. Uh, they sold out their fourth allocation of 6,000, so steadily available on the day as well, though. I mean, there's tickets going left, right, and centre. I got offered a couple of free ones as well. I said, mm, no, <laughs> no, thank you. Question I'd rather is- stab myself in the face. <laughs> Question is, Gary, how many Rowers fans will be in Tala on Friday who are also in Crow Park last weekend? Dun, dun, dun. Controversial. Mm, controversial, it certainly is, Prof. And I can understand people have traditions and families and stuff like that, but like it's always been said before, it was like the brother sleeping with the wife. So it was a very, very tricky situation, which we are going to delve into. I've been saying it to Prof, I think it needs its own show, the Thomas Davis debacle and debate and court case. I think we only touched on it briefly in the road to tell it. I think it deserves its own one because it's fascinating. Not a lot of people know about it. I actually explained this to a couple of... I, I think we could possibly have explained it to Pico yesterday. And Pico <laughs> didn't know. Oh, fair, we were chatting away. And he was like, I never knew that. He goes, I yeah. never knew. I was wondering why the Rose fans hate the GAA. It's like, now you know. So we got educated on and off the pitch. I've said it to a couple of new players we signed. Hell, you know, we were homeless for 22 years and stuff. And they're, they're can't believe what I'm saying to them. Yeah, no, it is. It's crazy. I don't think enough, enough people know what happened. And the depths that they went to, the likes of the... The old bond principal who had young children saying no to rovers with placards on the side mm-hmm. of the road. Do you know what I mean? So, we- but we uh, Conor Graham last week. Prof Con is in Japan at the minute. Can I just say this? Con had his first ever KFC this week in Japan of all places. I listened to the show. Did he mention that? He, no, he put it on his Twitter. Ah, he had his first ever. Now he said there's enough sushi and enough rice. Hmm. And I hope I hope he feels how I feel. KFC is probably one of the most overrated takeaways or fast food you could say. Without getting into small talk now, but KFC, prof, if you if you had a go to fast food, what would you go to? Burger King. Burger King, I love it, prof. Absolutely, big whopper, fantastic, good grub. So he waited until Tokyo to get his first KFC. I think it possibly was the only one that was available, but right. I'm totally with him. It's bang average. I'm not sure if he enjoyed it or not, but I think it's bang average. And Burger King, prof, we're on the same page here, prof. Um. But yes, we shall move. So yeah, great reaction to them. Great guys. Um, loving, loving Graham. Loving the, the connection that they had together, and it went went really well. Went down a tree. People really liked it. Um, Prof, did you uh, did you like how Graham wanted us to play four four three when we were listening back to the show? <laughs> <laughs> he had he made a mistake in the commentary. He's like, yeah, did you go four four three now? So you just slip an extra man on there. That's bad, yeah. <laughs> no, I missed that actually. It's really enjoyable though. Really enjoyable. And uh, Prof, you want to go for this one? No, over to you, girl. <laughs> Liam Regan Gimarange. Brilliant interview with Conor Graham on Tales of the East End this week. Conor is a master of the airwaves and Graham's approach to learning and coaching. Uh, brilliant listen. And it is, it really was. That's, that's a great way of saying it. Hashtag Olive Branch. So he's reaching out. He's reaching out. Yeah. The boys, um, yeah, we'll have to settle this over a couple of puddles in the four probs, I reckon, probably. See, me and Liam are trying to repair the, repair the damage that you and Dale have done but the over thing this is, nonsense. Right, I know, I know, but see, the thing is, I was going to take the lads down, I was going to take Dale down and, and Liam reading Gimmer Ange down to the four probs, but they've, they've plastic furniture there. So I don't know how Dale's going to react when he sees the plastic furniture. <laughs> Especially after the scenes at Wembley, yeah. yeah. But uh, now, Olive Branch received Liam. Why didn't she already receive? Great guy, great guy. 
Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, Graham's, he just wants to learn. He just wants to learn and take it all in. Big sponge. So, it's a, it really is. It's a breath of fresh air. We McDara Ferris, great insight from Graham Garland, particularly on the penalty shootouts. He was on two podcasts in two weeks. He was on the RT Soccer mm-hmm. Podcast this week as well. And they just keep reminding him of those penalty shootouts. <laughs> Poor fella. They're just copying us now and getting them on. That's it. Week yeah. after us. Plagiarism is blatant here, prof. We fell in Warren, he said this, listening to Graham Gartland, and he mentions four lads in 2012, didn't turn up for training, hard to credit how that year um, went, and for most defending back-to-back champions, the lads taking the piss like that. Right, let's go. Let's name them. Who didn't turn up? I'll tell you who I think didn't turn up, right? I'm going to say Turner. Mm-hmm. We Killian Brennan that year, 2012. We did. Turner, Killian Brennan. I'm going to say Twiggy. See, the thing is, Twiggy and Turner were thick as teams. So yeah. if you say Turner, you got to say Twiggy. Twiggy, Turner, Killian Brennan, and I don't know whoever else was living in Fairhouse. That's probably blasphemy to people listening. Yeah. I know, yeah. We'll get Twiggy. on. We'll get to wait. Wait till we have the explosive interview with Twiggy. We're gonna go all. We're gonna go balls deep in that one. <laughs> really are. But uh, speaking of Phelan, he, he messaged us there. Uh, a bit of news, Gar. <laughs> Phelan, our audio described commentator. Don't say he's stepping down. No. Go on. He's been. Promoted? How do you get promoted there? Because he's fitting in for Con Murphy and Des Curran, who are both away. Oh wow! So Phelan's heading up to the gantry. It'll be Phelan and Graham on commentary for SRFC TV for the Galway game. So best of luck, Phelan. I'm Excellent. Sure, I'm sure you'll be great. Really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to that. Great news for Phelan, and as well, keep a little ear out for possibly the Prof and Gary P making their debut. In some form, shape or form. I'm going to say it now. I would be a terrible commentator. I don't think so, Prof. I think your little barbs would be great. You'd have a couple <laughs> of little barbs ready. A few little stats here and there. Me talking shit. I think we'd be okay. But keep an ear out for it. We might be making our debut in the next couple of weeks. In some shape or form. But um, what a podcast this week as well. Dairy Manager. Rrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
Yeah, so uh, they're raising funds for uh, there's a rare form of cancer and steel. I think you, you might have noticed this on Instagram and things like that, but he's having a five side tournament in aid of Steel's treatment and they've raised a fortune. I'm nearly sure they've they're hitting the, the couple of thousand mark already, but it's on the twenty eighth of July. It's a hundred euro per team, seven players per team, and the final will be played on the thirty fourth of July, so fifteen <laughs> minutes per half, so it'd be absolutely banjoed after one half. Um it's all to be played in the Oliver Bond's pitch, so um which he's originally from Oliver Bond. Him and his dad, good old Billy. So we are looking for 16 teams to compete. So if you want to get involved or you want to help raise any sort of funds to help him with his cancer treatment, let us know. So you can get you can get in touch with us or you can get in touch with uh, Richie Bourne on Facebook. And yeah, so all the best to them for the fundraising. Right, so uh, up next we have, uh, we have um, Adam Spollen and Dan Moynihan plus Pico. Of the Love Rovers Hate Racism campaign, and it's been blowing up on Instagram and Twitter recently. And uh, we've wanted to raise a few quid, so we'll talk a little bit about how we can get a few quid up and sell some t shirts after the three lads. After we have a little chat here, so it's uh, Pico and the Love Racism or Love Rovers. <laughs> bit of a bit of a mess up there. Love Rovers Hate Racism campaign. Right, so I'm here with Dan and Adam, who have been steadily building the Love Rovers Hate Racism campaign, and Rovers' very own Cape Verde International, and hailing from the hotbed of talent that's from that's Crumlin's Pico Lopez. So thanks for coming on the show, lads. Uh, firstly, Dan and Adam, tell us about how it all came about and what inspired you, Dan. We'll go with you first. Um, so yeah, it was just, there's a group of us, it's just not just me and Adam, actually, it was Ethan and Sam. They started it back in 2020. And uh, we were kind of inspired because before you would have seen the club was bringing the residents from Clondalkin Terror Centre uh, from direct provision into games. And then obviously with COVID, that uh, that wasn't possible anymore. So we just started off with stickers uh, and we were raising that just to get some like tra- to get training equipment for uh, the kids there. So we we're just getting footballs, cones, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, it's been kind of an organic process. So we just wanted to kind of stamp, like create a anti-racist culture like the fan base and kind of like I think it's just very important just to kind of uh, cement that message really so yeah I don't know Adam if you want to Adam, no, no, not, not much more to add to that to be honest um, yeah fostering a culture of anti-racism at the club and supporting people who were coming and supporting games um, yeah that's so tell us you think you're reading me script here you recently donated some football gear to Towers DP Centre in Clondalkin so as you know we did bring them in 2019 tell us a bit more about this and what made you go down the football route as regards to what you felt that they needed yeah because I suppose football is like this kind of release I suppose it's like a great distraction like they're obviously in a in a, a tough situation and they're kind of living in limbo and um, football is just a great escape I think it's like everything, everyone, like, it's just a real unifying thing. And we just thought it was just kind of like a small gesture. And uh, because we're football fans, then there was people interested in football and they were going to games. We just thought, like, that's just a small thing that we can do. Uh, and then hopefully, like, that's just kind of the, the start of many things that we can do football related uh, for the residents there as we kind of, like, uh, grow a relationship with them. Yeah, so Pico. You've been involved in other campaigns, such as the Head in the Game effort to highlight mental health and well-being. How important is it to put the spotlight on issues in the game and society, such as mental health and racism? It's massive, as you say. It's such a unfortunately, it's such a populous uh, sort of a topic at the moment. Whether it's people's mental health and given the the pandemic being locked down, uh, or the 
you see the amount of racism that we see in, in not just across sport but across the world at the moment and as Dan said the football is a great escape for that like, and if we can play our part and bring that inclusion towards and bring that sort of support structure uh, through something that we love like it, it just makes people feel comfortable and being able to talk about their problems or get help about their problems whatever they're facing at the time and and look, it's just great to be a part of it. Great to use the platform that we have as footballers, as fans, as a club to try and drive this message. Yeah, it's it is unfortunately something that is starting to rear its ugly head in in the football. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. But do you think there's anything that we can do as a as a team, as a group, as a collective to kind of stamp it out? I think this this campaign is going to be a massive part of it because you say like. Uh, every so often these issues pop up like and there seems to be a reaction like and you can see lads now are being proactive and kind of creating this group just to to reinforce this message that yeah like we we're a welcome club we're a welcome people like you know what last thing you want is people who say are over here in the back division or come to this country or and they love football and they don't feel like they can go to a game yeah. uh, because of all this uh, discrimination that's going on like and as i say the lads are, are this brilliant campaign where they're proactive and they're, they're having this uh, platform here to kind of say we're keeping at this it's not just reacting to an issue at the moment and that, that's a massive step for me and um, Dan and Adam have you come across any opposition from anyone who would feel differently about this campaign? No we haven't come across any opposition um, obviously there is racism within Irish society um, and there has I suppose anecdotally been racism at games or over in the past that we've come across and it's a case of kind of stamping it out quickly and speaking to people and educating people and as Pico said like making it clear that we're a welcoming club we're a welcoming people and we won't tolerate that um, but yeah luckily enough we haven't come across any any opposition to the campaign so far um, yeah. look it's all been very supportive like I think yeah all any, any so of the Rovers fans like it's just like it's just been support like we were pretending like we'll probably come on to it later like that's on t-shirts at the moment Yeah. but like we've blown away like we've only been selling them a couple of days and we're like we're you know, they're flying so like overall it's been like a very positive reaction yeah and the engagement from fans even just messages to the page um, people getting on board people following the Twitter um, people offering what can they do to help it's been absolutely huge um, support from the fans so how are the residents of the Towers DP Centre reacted to the donation like we said we know Rovers reached out in 2019 and they brought the residents to Tele Stadium filled the bus brought everybody over and watched, took a game in so how have they reacted so like at the moment just because of covid and everything like that we don't really like we don't have a strong personal relationship with a lot of them at the moment we have one contact in there that we've been kind of working with and seeing what we can do to help the residents there but like at the moment we kind of hope to like they've been really like appreciative of, of all of all the work that we've done so far but like it's kind of what we hope is kind of the start of a uh, we hope to kind of get to, to know people on a more personal basis as yeah. well and fingers crossed we'll be able to bring people to games again like when uh, things open up a bit more but like yeah overall like they've just been like really appreciative of all the Rover support so far with the campaign and even like the support that we did give um, like we had been in contact with the residents before when we kind of realised bringing them to games isn't going to be an option right now and kind of ask them well, what would what can we do at the moment um, and what they, do actually, they need most exactly yeah. yeah exactly that we weren't just dropping dropping bits in and saying here you go um, and they had a tournament recently they competed in the Sari tournament and we provided gear for that um, and helped them out with that so yeah they were hugely appreciative of that and um, yeah they got on well in the tournament so I think Pico you might be taking your badges soon we might have to get you involved taking yeah. a training session yeah. every so often yeah. so when the lads eventually do get the gear up 
a presentation from yourself, maybe a training session could go down well. A few head and drills, whatever they need. Yeah, yeah, no, it's brilliant. <laughs> and like like that, it, like the lads have, have a spot on. Like uh, you want that personal interaction. You only want to go in and, and meet the people that you're kind of get help and support of, and just as you say, get that rapport and look if, it, if, if if you have a kick around with them even better. Like I think that's the best way to get to know people. Like so, yeah, it's definitely something we'd be up to up or down as well. So there we go, lads. There's another one. There's a little feather in the cap now. <laughs> but any more plans? Yeah, any more plans in the pipeline to help? Any more TP centres or is it just towers you're trying to focus on? Uh, at the moment, yeah. We've just been with towers that we've been focusing on. And like, it's been, like I was saying, like it's kind of an organic campaign. So we're just going to see how, like, we're just going to, at the moment, we're focusing on the, on the t-shirt sales. Um, and we're raising that to to uh, get football kits and uh, for the residents there, for the kids and, and the residents. So that's kind of what I focus in at the moment. So yeah, after that, then we'll be looking at future campaigns. Um, but it's I don't know whether we're going to be branching out to other direct provision centres mm. at the moment. But uh, yeah, like we're just kind of taking it uh, each, each campaign as it goes, as it comes. Well, this one is directed for all you guys. You can take a torrent uh, answering it. So racism, unfortunately, is part and parcel of everyday life. Most recently, we witnessed members of the England squad being targeted online. What do you think can be done to combat this type of abuse, in particular online, which can have a really bad effect on these players' mentality? Um, yeah, with online, it's 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 really difficult because, like, obviously, it's just completely anonymous accounts. Uh, I think like the actual social media companies need to be more accountable, like and and uh, put more resources into, you know, uh, deleting accounts and making sure like that people just can't be abused. Like, but uh, the the thing that we can do, I suppose, is like kind of create a culture where like that's just not acceptable anyway. Like, so the 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 problem is that people are going in the first place and and tweeting those yeah. things and making those comments. And like that's that's the problem. It's a societal issue, really. Like and uh, like that's our responsibility to kind of like create a culture where that's just not acceptable. Um, now, for social media have to take responsibility themselves and uh, kind of protect people on the platform as well. But um, ourselves, what we can do is kind of create a, an anti-racist culture. Yeah. And that's what we've been trying to do. At what about you? Um, yeah. Aside from obviously the grassroots side of things and building that culture ourselves there definitely needs to be more accountability from these companies and even um, like governing bodies like UEFA. They aren't taking strong enough of a stance. Um, and like with social media companies, if they're well able to take down a copyright issue like that straight away, they can take down these accounts. Um, it's just a case of putting money into it and putting yeah. the resources into it and actually taking this as a serious issue. Definitely agree with you. I mean, even on a smaller issue, we've had a couple of podcasts taken down purely because of a sample of music yeah, we view. Yeah, exactly. If they're willing to do that, surely they can be willing exactly. to have more accountability. Yeah. But Pico, yourself, I mean, you be in the spotlight as a as a Rovers footballer and a professional footballer. Has, have you ever experienced any of these issues? Yeah, I've experienced that at stadiums. I've been lucky myself, not been uh, directly involved in it, but I have heard at stadiums and it, it, it's terrible. And I think the, one of the biggest things I suppose clubs can do is identify it nearly on the spot and call it out. Yeah. Don't be afraid to call these people out in stadiums and they'll quickly learn that about the culture of the football club, what the, the what sort of supporters you want to attract and what sort of fan base we have. And I think if, if, if we're strong enough to call the people out who are being racist at the time, they'll nearly get like obviously to get the message but they'll almost be embarrassed to say like oh, what am I doing here like yeah. I should I should I be involved in this club if this is the person I am or should I change my ways because I, I, I love this club like and and that's about uh, the message I'm trying to, to portray really like uh, in, in in the culture chain of the of the whole club like I say it doesn't really have, I've never experienced it with Rovers but I mean across all football 
if there are people who are making racist comments in the stadium, you call them out of it, you embarrass them, you put sanctions on them, you put punishments on it, and you don't want them to deal with the club. Yeah. And I think that's the way you stand below, because they say, if they know that a racist tweet, a racist comment, or a racist slur is going to disrespect the club, or the club is going to come back at them, or the fan base come back at them, they say, you, you don't do it, because you're, you're, yeah. you're embarrassed out of it nearly. I think that ultimately, you you want that what the lads are trying to create is the, the social scene where it's just wrong we want to create a whole left mentality and that uh, if it does happen then immediately the crowd will turn on them that's what you want ultimately yeah, yeah. and that you just don't want any anything like that stamped yeah. out completely yeah but unfortunately the right wing racist mindset is becoming more prevalent in football in Irish society as well unfortunately I've noticed it myself the likes of certain political parties they're organising rallies ultimately they're being decimated at the polls which is a good thing but does love Rovers hate racism actively oppose this and is it something that needs to be nipped in the bowl before it grows? Yeah, I mean, I suppose like you can see over the like the it's been a terrible like eighteen months of COVID, and I think like the, the far right have kind of lapped onto that and exploited it, and it's kind of garden traction then for uh, like far far right parties. Like, of course, it needs to be stamped out and nipped in the bowl. Like, but um, yeah, like it's uh, you can see like they're 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 being decimated in the polls, but like. Um, I suppose we, before COVID, you, I wouldn't have thought that there was such a, a strong kind of like far right uh, support in Ireland, but there obviously is, and it's something to kind of be watchful of, and obviously to be stamped out. Adam, you pretty boring. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely something that's worrying. I've been documenting this for quite a number of years, back from when it there was a few groups knocking about. It'd be the same kind of characters you'd see at these demonstrations, um, the same kind of leafleting and stickering that they've been doing. Mm. But they have grown and they're suddenly a political presence. Um, gladly, they have been decimating the polls, but what's really worrying is you're starting to see mainstream politicians latch on to the language they use. So we'll see politicians in the doll at the moment who are still there. They'll use the language of globalist conspiracy theories or blaming migration on housing is- or blaming housing issues on migration. And that's the really worrying thing. We need to stamp this out quick um, and not let it kind of develop as a as a culture. Um, yeah. So you've got like the likes of maybe the I don't really want to name check them, but I think the likes of Grant Torino, that guy online on Twitter. Yeah, the guys who would yeah. latch onto him, he would be one of the main cheerleaders. Yeah, exactly. And it's worrying. Like at the end of the day, he's another one for social media companies. I think a few of his channels were taken down, um, which I'd be all for. But like he went and did a tour of direct provision centres and places that were going to be used as direct provision centres. Yeah. In the aftermath of that too, there was arson attacks on those centres. Um, so you can see the damage that, that these people can create with this ideology. Um, Ultimately, think, he can yeah. be held accountable for that. Yeah, I, 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 I think so. Um, I think so. And at the end of the day, like it, it, can, be, it can get very dangerous very quickly. Um, and that's the way you want to stamp it out quickly. And that's what we're hoping to do, even in a small microcosmic way um, within our own community. Mm. And I think, Pico, outside of football as well, have you noticed the, the rise of the right as regards to social and everything else? Yeah, like, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be up to date as much as yeah. now. Normally, normally they say politics doesn't mix with football, but yeah. in certain in certain terms, and you have to really attack this 
the subject, not yourself, but in general. Yeah, I think even like if you're like me and you, you don't really know your politics that well, you can still hear the, the noises yeah. that it makes. Like, And that's across social media platforms. Like, you can still see that, Jesus, there has been a rise of racist issues, discriminatory issues, whatever it is. And whether it's it, if it's coming from politics, you do hear whatever background's coming from. So, yeah, I, I've definitely noticed the, the, post, the, the surgeons of, of issues definitely coming up like... Uh, so ultimately, lads, what do you want to achieve as Love Rovers Hate Races? What was the ultimate goal? So like, there's no like one ultimate goal really. Like it's uh, like it's as we were saying, like it's just kind of where want to cre- like cement an anti-racist culture and uh, just make sure make known that people are from all backgrounds are welcome at Rovers games and uh, help the the residents in direct provision in Clondalkin as much as we can. And uh, like we're gonna like this is really only the start. We only st- started this campaign in 2020 um so it's only going to gather like gather traction now really like yeah. and uh hopefully when things open uh, a bit more like we can we can kind of push things a bit further like than just like selling t-shirts or whatever like and we can organize events or whatever but that's uh that's in the future you know well uh yeah and getting residents back to to games again like we were doing before covid will be huge um like at the end of the day we all look forward to a friday night you've had a hard week at work, you're seeing your mates, it's a community, it's going to see your football team. Like, it, it, it's a big part of people's lives and um, they enjoyed it when they were coming before and it'd be great to get them back to games and get them part of the Rovers community. Considering the situation that they're in, it, it, like, it's a my highlight of my week. I can only imagine how these guys feel stuck in this quagmire having to deal with the situation that they're in but then they're being brought to exactly. a match. You like, can only imagine. It's legal limbo. Like the last report that came out on this, um, there's residents who've been in direct provision for up to 14 years. Um, like they're a lot of barred from work. It only came in in 2018 that it was unconstitutional to completely bar them from work. So yeah. some are allowed now. But if you look at interviews with residents and ones who've kind of kind of made their stories known in art or literature, they say it's just it's the monotony of every day. There's, it's not like a life. It's it's almost like a military camp. Um, yeah. So so bringing that in and having that release and a community and a support network is absolutely huge. And yeah. we, we'd like to be part of building that up again. So we'll move on to some some happier news with the reaction to the to the campaign. It's been brilliant. You've even had historian podcast supremo Donald Fallon getting in on the act, and I love Donald. I think he's brilliant. He's the voice of Dublin for me. Um, have you been happy with the reaction? Surely you have. I mean, my missus was delighted. She was on everyone's Instagram, and I was saying, "Look at you blowing up!" She was delighted with it. But uh, tell us, are you happy with the campaign? Oh yeah, like we're we're overwhelmed. Like we, uh, like it, it's very hard when you're doing any of these things. Like what the reaction's going to be like. So you're obviously a bit nervous um, before before uh, kind of like going out to the public and stuff. But like we've been overwhelmed by the support from Rovers fans and uh, and beyond. So. Look, uh, there's, we're still selling the t-shirts anyway. Look, so there's another. We're only a couple of days into it, so hopefully, uh, it it can it continues. Adam, yeah, yeah no, absolutely blown away with it. Like we had kind of conservative projections at the start, like how much we're hoping to, how much we're going to be able to contribute, and kind of day by day, in the few, first few days into it, we're we're hitting those ones that we were hoping to hit by the end, and the sport's been absolutely amazing from Rovers fans, um, and yeah, hopefully it'll continue and we can we can really do something solid with this money. So tell us where can listeners get their t-shirt and uh, any more info you want to give about the campaign, let us know. Yeah, so you can go, we have an Instagram and a Twitter account, so it's Love, Love Rovers Hate Racism. And uh, if you go on, so you can either Revolut if you want. We basically have every possible 
means of payment. So if you want to be Revolut, just uh, even um, have a barter system as well. Yeah. <laughs> so just message the uh, the Instagram page if you want the Revolut number, or uh, you can PayPal at Love Rovers Hate Racism at gmail.com or uh, we have a big cartel, which is just like a our online shop. So that's again, if you go onto our Twitter or Instagram, you'll you'll find the link there, and uh, you can pay for that uh, on our website. Yeah, so that's it, guys. Uh, thanks for uh, showing up today. I mean, it's been it's been great. I've been working with you for what, a week. We were, it was probably the most tardy uh, photo <laughs> photo opportunity ever. Turned up a couple of hours late, but we got it done eventually in the rain. We had a bit of fun, but it's been brilliant talking to you. And I want to make sure that everybody this reaches everybody you can. So um, make sure that you get on, get your t-shirt, lads, and any donations are welcome as well. So. That's it, thanks. Yeah, thanks Gary. Yeah. Nice one for having us. People, yeah, thanks, thanks for popping up. No, yeah, brilliant, all fantastic campaign by the lads and really do get behind it and support because we have, we have obviously like <clears throat> a product and now that it's, it's going to be there forever. You buy a t-shirt, it's have the message forever. It'd be, it'd be great to see even people wearing it in the stadium as well. Like, no, back. Yeah, so that got a bit deep but it's it's something that kind of needs to be talked about because it is starting to rear its ugly head unfortunately in football considering you saw recently with the England team getting abused and just in, in life in general it is It's and in the streets of Ireland as well it's starting to rear its ugly head especially in the likes of the National mm-hmm. Party who are starting to uh, gain a bit of momentum small bit of momentum but I think it has to be snuffed out mm. um, before it gets any bigger so um, yeah so with the lads the way to get a hold of one of these priceless t-shirts prof it's PayPal or Revolut so the t-shirts are 25 euro and 100% of profits will be used to provide football jerseys and kits for the residents of Towers Direct Provision Centre in Kildare and free shipping in Ireland 5 euro EU and 10 euro worldwide so it is a great cause and uh, like we talked about Pico is going to present the gear and he's going to have a training session with the lads as well so uh, fair play to the boys it can be bought through their big cartel website and you can find it on the Instagram and Twitter page and if paying through PayPal or Revolut just add your order and address into the note section so um, yeah so that's pretty much it for the Love Rovers Hate Racism campaign so if you want to get involved and you want to help in any way get in touch with us it's it's no big deal at all and it, the lads are doing great work like I say it's a great cause the t-shirts look great so get you there <laughs> Here we go. Early Love Rovers. Love Rovers hate racism t-shirts. 25 euro. Get user shirts. Yeah, that's it. That's the users. I know we're going to have more users. I know if you and Larif did a bit of modelling, Gary. Is this the next step after Goggle Yeah, we're, the, we're actually the worst uh, models you ever. Put, you put dancing on ice and hold of it. Dancing on ice. We were about an hour and a half, two hours late. And turned up, but it was great crack. Because um, people were just walking by. And I'm lifting Lair up onto a pole. Put stickers on it and people they take a photo they're just looking at us going what the fuck are they doing and me and Lara I Lara on the push bike giving her a crossbar going up and down it was great crack but um, no it's like I said it's a great cause and even do a little bit of reading into direct provision and what's going on there it's it's absolutely shocking that it still exists and it's still legal so uh, yeah no it's a great cause and check it out so if you want to check them out or go on to Instagram love rovers hate racism uh it's, it must be trending now at this stage we've a giveaway at the minute so check out our Tales from the East End and East End Pod Twitter and Instagram and you can win a t-shirt so you can go and you can share it tag us tag a friend tag anyone share it like it do whatever you will be in the pot to win that t-shirt and make sure you follow Love Rovers Hate Racism on Instagram and on Twitter as well 
So. Like I said to you earlier, Gar, RIP our Twitter notifications. Because yeah, when I was doing this, I was thinking to myself, prop is gonna, he's, he's gonna love this. <laughs> people are retweeting the shit out of this. It is, it's going down really well. So, uh, thanks a bunch for anyone who, who uh, looked after it. So, prop, we came two goals down in the Brandywell. Derry 4 2 at the Roy McBride Brandywell Stadium on Friday. It, it wasn't to be, unfortunately. We can't, it was a last minute job. We were thinking we could have got a bus up, but unfortunately, COVID is kind of ripped through Derry at the minute and there was a lot of specula- speculation as to what was happening so this should this should clear it up for those who don't know this was the most mental day on Rovers WhatsApp groups ever what the hell was going on we I don't think the players knew what was going on I think at about 2 o'clock <coughs> we'd almost sort of just resigned ourselves to the fact that we were going to play our entire 19s and all the lump on dairy merchants were out as well. Shame on you. Yeah. Shame on all the lump on dairy merchants. But I'll praise the ones who cashed out. <laughs> uh, but here we go. A staff member, COVID confirmed on Thursday night. Players needed to be tested Friday. Rapid test costing extra for quick return. 19's mobilised just in case. Players had to travel independently of one another as they couldn't wait in Dublin for results. Literally in individual separate cars. As tests were proved negative, players were deemed fit and added to the team sheet right up until the last minute hence Richie Tell getting added late on Rovers win 4-2 done dusted case yep. closed no more speculation no more mm. adding Chinese whispers no more bullshit that is done and that is from a source close to the club of course as, as you're watching this it was quite confusing because Sean Gann was named on the team sheet he ends up not featuring. That's because he didn't get his negative result till the next morning. So he he trained on his own in the warm up. Yeah. Finn started instead instead of him. Richie Towell not in the squad at all. But then you know some warming up at half time, and you're like, well, hang on, Richie Towell is there. I get very excited seeing Richie Towell warm up. So you'd assume that when Gannon was pulled out, we were allowed to put in Towell on the bench. Then, of course, he ends up making a big impact in the game. Yeah. And uh, one thing that kind of got lost amongst all this madness was that. Uh, this was Sean Cabinet's first appearance since April 20th. I, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest, because of their dog shit stream, I think I only noticed <laughs> that I was like, Cavo's playing. Probably thought it was Fruja. I, I didn't even, I didn't even, it's just a, it such was, a bad stream. Like, it was hard to make out. Yeah. I think if their stream was a car, it would have been a ladder. <laughs> Remember ladders? That's what their stream was, the ladder of streams. Um, but, yeah, so you hadn't played since April 20th in Drada. Uh, great to have him back. <clears throat> He'd only um, three stars, two sub appearances this season. Just really, really hoping and to stay fit. No knocks, no niggles. Stay fit. Considering that, I hadn't played in three months. Like not even a cameo last week, Grandin. This is his first game. He was still flying in the 90th minute. Yeah. He didn't look rusty or anything. It's great. It's great. I think he's just got that in him. Um, like we said, it's always when we ask the players who the best trainers are, it's always <clears> Cabo. Did you see uh, Carl Toner put up a clip? No. You don't see that clip where he, the Cabo skill. He just sort of turns back, flicks it over his head, and he's away. Oh, it was so good. No way. In that yeah. match itself? Yeah. Oh, excellent. I must check that out. But in saying that, because of all the madness that was happening around, and then kick-off, and the team sheets came in, and we saw, oh, well, fair enough. The lads are actually, it's actually the biggest ruse mm. ever. It's like, <laughs> we, we didn't know what was going on, but a uh, bit of a jittery start to the game. But just on the stream, you mentioned there, I know, but... Uh, the, stream, so, the audio went. Yeah, no audio. Came back. First half. Well, Visuals well, came. Well, there was some audio. It was you could hear drums 
and some faint hardy hairs <laughs> in the background. And that, some fella on the phone going, audio's not working. <laughs> yeah. That was so bizarre. Fella on the phone and then I think they scored just as he was still in the phone. It was phone, very glitchy but, uh, for their goal. I thought it was a set piece yeah. initially. Staff described it as a steam train starting. The audio. Yeah. Did you also notice during the game that every time uh, Robbers got a throw in you just hear screams from anyone got to do with Derry in the stands mm. over this stupid throwing issue. Oh, last yeah, time. yeah, yeah. I think the, yeah. the commentator mentioned it as well. He said um, something along the line. He made a funny one. He made a funny joke about it anyway. Yeah. But we uh, unfortunately conceded on 21 minutes and it was, uh, it was one of those scrappy goals to concede. Like, we need to cut this out. Do you know what I mean? I think considering what happened on the way up and the warm-ups and everything, and because yeah. we won, we can say this now. But it was. It wasn't the ideal. It was a shambles before the game. So it wasn't the ideal way to warm up for a game. And we it evidently showed in the first mm. 25 minutes. So No way to prepare for a football match, obviously. So you do have to allow for that. But the clean sheets, I think that's 1-11 now. So, yeah, do you need to tighten up? I think we, we failed to clear the ball, didn't we? Just inside the box. And then it was just rolled across for an easy finish. So that yeah. was 1-0. Then we went on and we had a pen- I, I couldn't believe this. Like the, was it a penalty? It was Pico and Junior grappling as the was it a corner came it in. Seems soft. A bit of a grapple in the box. Do you know what I mean? Unless they're blatantly hanging out of him. I find it hard to see in the stream now, but Pico deemed to have pulled him to the ground anyway. Yeah, and then he slots home on uh, thirty-one. Prof, where yeah. were you for all this? Where were you and giving out Manus saying he's not going to score? You went one? the right way actually. So. We're 2-0 down after half an hour and you're thinking, how have we gone from that stunning Slovan Bratislava performance to this? And we were only saying that, but we wanted to build a bit of momentum. And what did you say to me? You text me saying, can you just send me a voice now saying how we're not going to come back to this? <laughs> yeah, it worked a treat and, last time. <laughs> and I didn't say anything, so... We're 10-1 odds at 2-0 down. Yeah. Where I, are we? If I'd known that, I would have had a nibble myself. I'd have had a little nibble on that. Yeah. A nibble, nibble. Well, I had a good boy out there. I didn't know. But um, a few people, few people back there. Yeah. yeah, hopefully, lads, well done. And shame on all of you that lumped on Derry. Shame on you. I won't name and shame. I'm not sure there's a few. <laughs> Game of Thrones give shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then 42 minutes, probably, Bork. And this was typical Graham Bork. When he gets the ball in this area, he scores. Mm-hmm. Simple. There's no getting around him. He's either going to bury it or slot it away or get a penalty. So perfect time to get a goal good build up play actually um, very good not as good as the second goal obviously which was unbelievable but this was actually a very good move as well excellent it was it was we started to really mm. click on and it was perfect timing perfect perfect timing what's uh, or sorry yeah Watts' cross was uh, cleared then Berkey drills it into the bottom corner on his left foot Watts was magic in this game can we yeah. just clear that up as well and did you see the little dummy he did where we were countering and there was a 50-50 ball and he went to kick it but he dummied it and then he went on again and steamed the head of the defender it was just a magic bit of play and we nearly scored from it it was just lovely lovely to see Watts back and just uh, ticking all the boxes and that's the second time this season Gary has dropped Berkey away to Derry and he scored reverse psychology prop I'm telling you it's all in the head it's all up there um, yeah, Berkey up to 46 goals now so he's closing in on the 50 he's getting in there prof yeah and so, our, we went, so it was uh, our 19s were all in the ground as we said they, they all travelled hence the cheers every time we scored which is quite funny wasn't it yeah that's a strange one actually because 
I mean, really, if that's the case, I'm going to put the tracksuit on next time. And just <laughs> blend in with the lads. Who's the weird old man in your squad? <laughs> but half-time prof approached and we went in 2-1 down. And I was confident enough. I was confident enough because I thought we're in we've momentum here like it was a fantastic game against Sloven and then the double sub came and Richie Tell and Rory Gaffney came on what a double sub to make uh, Richie Tell just excites me every time I'll leave I won't, this, not, there'll be a lot of being blown later on now at the time this might have looked a bit drastic no I like it I like Bradshaw grabbing it by, the, by the, the nads just grabbing the game and saying do you know what this is for us to take and it was a very brave decision to make because you know yeah. we weren't exactly brilliant in the fourth half so Ended up making all the difference. Throwing in the towel. But, uh, from the beginning of the second half though, our tempo was really, really good. Uh, we you know, came like, out of blocks flying. It was possession football, but meaningful possession football. And Brazzer has said it a million times, we love this pitch. So I wasn't exactly shocked how fast we got back into the game. And what about Aaron Green turning into Pirlo? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see what he did during for these goals? We'll talk about it now. So we came and we two all at 55 minutes round of Finn, right? This was a fabulous goal. Fabulous it's goal. It's a goal of the season, contender. This is the goal. Greener, did you see the ball for Greener gave in to Scales? Ah. Oh. How, how does that happen? Like, that's stunning. Unbelievably stunning. Cuts out three players. He loves the brandy well. He plays well up here. Greener does, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. So he cuts out and it wasn't even as if it was down the wing. It was in between three players. And Scales is in. Scales just crossed it for Finn. And Finn had a lot to do. Super finish from Ronan Finn. And in the words of the commentator, Oh, fabulous. Fabulous goal. <laughs> so, there was good in fairness. He, he was, was good, yeah. He was, he was, he was, yeah. But, uh, yeah, absolutely stunning team move. Oh, beautiful. It has gosh. to be one of our best team goals of the last five, yeah, five years. It really does. Anyway. I can't, yeah. It's totally, yeah. totally up there, Probably really is. That's uh, Finner's first goal since we beat Sligo 4 0 in October of last year. Uh, before that, he hadn't scored since May 2019. So, a rare Finner goal. It was on our lips, all right. Yeah. We were wondering about it. And superfan Mark Turner couldn't tell us. <laughs> so, shame on him. Can someone tell us what they injected Ronan Finn with during his knee operation? Because he's been unreal. Absolutely brilliant. He's been such a leader, such a breath of fresh air back in the team. And he's he has gotten this team out of a <clears> rut, possibly single handedly. So, fair play to Ronan. And then again, rough, we toured 62 minutes. Rory Gaffney coming in. And this was. I have a question for you actually you might not get it but this more fabulous play Borky and Gaffney little one two ships it all over the top little dink that's there we go right there you go dink lob chip whatever it was that was a dink of a pass it was glorious whatever it was or it could have been a chip no I think there's more trajectory on a chip but either way if you feel like you have a different opinion on that let us know but <clears throat> little dinky pass in and then Gaffney just steamrolls his way in and I'm thinking to myself alright bit of a chance here he's going to square it and he buries it how narrow is this off angle off the bar when's the last time we scored off the crossbar did it come off the crossbar hit the bar I watched it about 20 times I watched it a few times it clipped it I, it thought, clipped I, it. I thought it hit the net and then came back up I to thought the bar. it did it around a really yeah. you know it did around with it but it did it clipped the underside of the crossbar so I'm trying to think is it Borky Borky hit the crossbar and in I think he gave a might, cracker, didn't he? I think there was one this season, maybe. But, um, yeah, watch this back. Look at the angle. I mean, 
Ridiculous. From that angle, you're thinking he has to cross the ball here, and it's an outrageous finish. Ridiculous, absolutely Bar- out of this world. Barry's in top corner, and by the way, he let the ball bounce probably too many times. Yeah, he should have took one before then. But yeah. he was teeing himself up. I think he was thinking he could get a penalty out as well. And he, he lashes it in, but um, can I just have to say this? So many people a few weeks ago were saying that Gaffney's not good enough for this team. You've been championing him for weeks. There was an actual thread on Facebook. Feel free to go back and read it. And I'd say at least I'd say at least seventy percent of the replies are saying, you know, you'd be an okay squad player, etc. etc. This is after he missed a half full of chances in two games. They're probably the only two bad games he had. I think he's such an as such a, like even even last year, he was such an impact coming off the bench. Best so best impact sub we've ever had, in my opinion. Bar Tommy Tommy uh, Stewart. He's been unbelievable. Such a good addition to the squad. All his goals have been meaningful. Brilliant, mm. brilliant signing. So happy he's in the squad doing well. I'm not, I'm not saying he's messy, but he's the ginger pelly. He's the ginger pelly. Yeah. Um, and someone on Facebook a few, few weeks ago saying that well, there's only one person, in fairness, but it was an amazing quote in hindsight. He said, Brazler has taken us as far as he can. Name and shame. <laughs> no, his name and shame. Who is he? I didn't even write his name. As taken us as far as he can. Get out of this club. Classic knee-jerk reaction. Unbelievable. Zopes. Zopes. <laughs> Blake Zopes. But then, Prof, here it came. It actually happened. I've been waiting for this now. I told you this. Richie Tell, I've been the most excited I've ever been about a signing, right? And those late runs into the box, those surging runs that we didn't have from the midfield, it happened. It stopped. Time stopped. When this flick on great flick from Greener as well, and if you watch Richie's run, this is the halfway line by the way. Richie started in our half at this run, and he has a mad run. Now the arms up, cartoon run. <laughs> so I'm thinking, he's doing it, and it's like, I'm looking at him going, he's doing it. By the way, it's happening. This was two runs. It was yeah. Gaffney could have Gaffney just pulled back. Tell and Gaffney were in sync, run together. We, we never see a goal like this with even one player. Oh. He Tell actually could have just squared it. So, if so, he wanted. So I'm looking at the goal. I'm looking going, it's happening. Midfielder making a run. And he's had the ball. He's true on goal. And then keeper keeper was very poor, I thought, for that. And he made it so easy for him. But he just slid it home. And I was like, there it is. Richie Tell doing Richie Tell things for Shamrock Rovers. I couldn't have been happier. Shamrock Rovers scored with a late surgeon run. From the halfway line. I don't have any stats, people, but... Could someone tell me when's the last time this happened? Fabulous. Fabulous. It had been McInerney. Madness. But um, big shout out to Dylan Watts as well, before we move on. A fantastic return. And like you said before, you said on the chat, Prof. Uh, Mr. Consistent. Mr. Fantastic squad player who's been there. All the departures mm-hmm. have been happening around him. All the incomings have been happening around him. He has stayed consistent throughout this whole thing, so... Yeah, big shout out to Dylan Watts. But obviously, Richie Tell is kind of the one people are mentioning. I mean, not even him in the squad. And look at the impact he has: two goals in three games already. He's doing exactly what we, we hoped he would do. He's scoring and he's lifted us. You know, he's setting standards like he did with Dundalk. So he's the business. Oh man, it's so important the next two weeks: Galway and Pats cup and a top of the table fixture so great stuff anyway and we first team debuts for Dean McMenemy and Dylan Duffy came off 
the bench, so great stuff as well. So all around, mm. very, very positive experience up in the Brandywell. We were battering them at that stage. Uh, the silky football was back. Uh, football porn, I saw that second goal described as. Football porn, yeah. Is it starting to click, Prof? Are we clicking now? Is it finally happening? Dangerous word, but uh, I loved how we were really looking for the fifth goal too. Even late on, we were still yep. playing lovely stuff. Tell had a shot right at the end. It was easy enough to save at the keeper, but I love how we were still looking. That's it. Just pushing on. Hungry, hungry team wanting to and move uh, on. Maybe they know that their goal difference needs to, needs a bit of a, a, a bunt. Yeah. And someone always says it every time. And it depresses me. Imagine the away section. Imagine it, though. Imagine. We're allowed to imagine. It's not bad imagining it. Like, but you just I know you wanted to be there and all. It's a sixth straight win the brand new will. Imagine the two of them this season. You would have seen a goal from the halfway line. And you would have seen it come from two goals down. And Richie Tell running over the barrier, hugging everyone again. Uh, I'm sorry, that never happened. So. Definitely not. Spreading COVID. Um, yeah, Felix Healy. Bang on for once. Gave uh, Dylan Watts man of the match. Brilliant performance from Watts. He just mm. silky smooth, beautiful butter melting in his mouth. Gorgeous display from him. Um, I say he begrudgingly did that because uh, Felix Healy does not like Rovers. No. Steam train Gaffney. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. Steam train Gaffney. Because he just... He's, he's just unstoppable at times. Those runs that he makes and the run. Like, the, I'm doing the run. <laughs> like, Richie Tell has the cartoon run. He yeah. has the steam train run. If that makes sense. But... Uh, really, really happy with that performance overall. And Prof, you have some stats. And some comeback stats. Yeah, it's the first time that we've come from two goals down to win since way back in November of last year in the FBI Cup. <laughs> so how about that first that? So in the league, it's the first time since a 5-3 win away to Sligo in December 1999. Jesus. So there you go, 22 years. So that day at the showgrounds, we were two down after 35 minutes. Jason Caldwell pulled it back to 2-1 at half time. Then we made it 2 all. But uh, Padraig Moran completed his hat-trick. So a player scored a hat-trick and he was on the losing side. Rarely happens. So 3-2 down on the hour. And then goals from Richie Purdy, Shane Robinson and Sean Francis won it. So that was a mad old game. Jesus, what a day. And do you know what? If anyone is out there who was there at that game, give us your thoughts on it. We'll read it out on next week's show. I think Joe's we had Joe's in the show in our first year of the podcast. I'm pretty sure we covered that game a little bit, but then yeah, love to hear from people about it. So uh roller coaster of a day, prof, and madness. Could you imagine the mayhem in the away section? God. Um crazy old day, alright, but But a solid three points, which leaves us in a very, very good position. One game in hand over Pats and we have them next week as well. Mm. So I'm buzzing for this Pats game. But obviously we have to be Galway, but I'm buzzing for this Pats game. But it was a show of strength, especially with our squad depth, wasn't it? To come from behind like that. But uh, defensively, prof, I think we need. We're getting better slightly, but one was a penal, which can be rectified easily enough. Um, the other one, it's a little bit sloppy, but we could put that down to lack of prep because of yeah. the day that was in it. I'm I'm predicting us to start getting more clean sheets and our defenders to start scoring more goals. So I'm hoping that's the case. Well, we won seven consecutive league games in April and May. Uh, this is actually the first time since then that we've put together back-to-back wins in the league. Jesus, it's been a while. Yeah. And 
in the 10 games since that winning run, it's one clean sheet and we've fallen behind seven times. Seven? Yeah. And how many was it was in the year, last year? Like, we really, really went behind. Yeah, I mean, 17 conceded this season, 20 games. Last season, we conceded seven goals in 18 games. So, yeah, no Joey, no clean sheet. Mm. So, Graeme Cummins, prof, we'll move on and a glorious day for everybody involved. So, Graeme Cummins wrote a piece for the Irish Examiner saying that Liam Scales is now the hottest property in the League of Ireland. Um, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Absolute, I mean, that's just a pure hack, isn't it? <laughs> no idea what he's on about. Yeah, move on, nothing to see here. Move on, yeah. Actually, a super challenge by Scales in the last few minutes of that Derry game. He denied Junior, like a really good goal scoring opportunity. You can literally, do it, you can literally yeah. do it all. I think what impresses me nearly most of all about him is how brave he is on the ball. Like, we've had a couple of young players that we've talked about in the last year or two. And they're kind of unsure of themselves going forward. Every time Liam Scales goes forward the ball, he thinks he's going to beat the man. And nine times out of ten, he does. Yeah, His football intelligence does it for me now. I think he's just such a smart footballer. He knows what to do, when to do it. And the braveness, like you said, it's just, he has it all. He has it all. Um, but yeah, no good results for us on Sunday, Prof. As Bowes were held to a 1-1 draw at Longford. At home to Longford, I watched that one. Sligo were beating Waterford so I was out having a couple of beers in the sun watching uh, Longford put it up to Bowes and Bowes this is all Long's fault in my opinion Long emptied the bench and he had Devoy coming on he'd uh, Tyreek Wilson coming on all his best players and he I don't know maybe he felt that there was going to be a European hangover silly boy mm-hmm. it's purely his fault that they drew at home um, bad team selection and he has to take this one on the chin, ultimately, and say, yeah, I got it wrong, put my hands up, because Longford were a good, and once again, a good performance from fucking Nugent in the middle, and Williams, but Nugent's been impressing me, I seem to I seem to just happen to be able to watch his matches, they just come on, and I'm just at a loose end, and he's been playing well, he's a good player, likes to get on the ball, likes to play it forward, so, definitely playing well. Yeah, good to see Nudger playing well, on, yeah. the, on his loan spell, and obviously great results for us, Sligo losing as well, so, it's kind of awesome Pat's now there together. Did you, you and might I say, Prof's hunch of the year once again came true. Prof called it. Prof called the Waterford win. Yeah, I called it, but it was no use. I, I looked up the odds beforehand and then I just kind of... What was the Waterford bond? Change of mind. Waterford price? 7 to 2. That's not bad. That's yeah. not bad. It should have been a lot higher though, I think. Yeah. But with little Matt Bush, you ain't got a little <laughs> triple A got with you, man, mate. I should have remembered your Mark Bershaw impression and then acted on it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we will move on after uh, from League of Ireland. We're going on to the Conference League third qualifying round draw and saw Rovers paired with the winner of FK Chucha of Albania and Interclub Descalades from Andorra and that will be played on the 5th and the 12th of August and we've drawn at home in the first leg. So I've done a little bit of research, Prof, on this. So we've got a lot of Andorra internationals. I don't know how you take that. They put it up to Ireland there recently. So a lot of Andorra internationals. Albania, they have one Brazilian, I think, and mostly Albanian. So no, the by all means, I put this in the chat about um, the papers and what they're saying about it. Gifted, favourable toy. Handed, winnable toy. I don't like any of that. Yeah, I don't, don't like, like that. it. We were certainly due a winnable toy. We've, we've, look at our look compared to Dundalk the last... <laughs> year or so it's absolutely ridiculous no, totally but, totally um, I hate those articles so I won't, yeah. be, I won't be paying but, any um, attention now 1.3 million prize money on offer if we win uh, the Albanians lost 5-0 to Sheriff in the last round 
uh, Inter, the Andorran club, they were beaten 1-0 by Dundalk last year. And that was their European debut. So they don't really have any European pedigree, this, mm, this, yeah. this crowd. And this season they went out to a team from Kosovo in the Champions League preliminary round. Okay, so it's a little so, bit of confidence there, but it's still, you can't take the piss out of this at all. I mean... Mm-hmm. You can lose any game of football. So either way, it'll be a new country first. Like we've never played Slovakians before, Slovan, and we've never met Albanians or Andorans before. I so. would love to go to that Andorra stadium, the mm. one that had all the apartments around it, and it was very picturesque. In when Ireland played them, very very cool. I'd love to go there. I don't know where they play, but it's, it's unfortunately we won't be heading over. But if you look at the Albanian league table last season, it was uh, I think it was Matthew who pointed this out. Uh, look at uh, Tuta's record. Played 36, won 17, drew 15, Jesus. lost 4. Plus Prof's annual um, scouring the internet for random correspondence oh, yeah. of Albanian and Andorran heritage. We're going to get even harder this year. Gar, I've, I've got two strong leads already. I'm telling you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this off. <laughs> no, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt at all. But Dundalk have been had a stinger. Now, Lavadia Talon are no joke either, so they're going to play Vitesse Arnheim, who have a link with Chelsea as well, so you're going to have all the Chelsea starlets on loan with them. So you're looking at Lavadia Talon, and Bowes will play Pauk if they beat Duzelange. Duzelange are no joke either. Luxembourg is no, fo- no joke for football anymore. No, they've, so they've massively improved. You have Fola Esch, you have Duzelange. Duzelange won't mess around. That's going to be a tough, tough fixture. I'm going to say Bowes will go out. I'll say Dundalk will scrape through. I think mm-hmm. they might get a bit of Europe out of that, but I think Bowes will go out and they'll scrape through but we'll go on so you're saying uh, Bowles legend Keith Buckley won't inspire them to another no. European win Gary that's uh, Bowles legend Keith Buckley who uh, jumped ship to Bray Wanderers for a few extra euro yeah. yeah so he was at Bray when they won the Lancer Senior Cup so tell me what has so he's not won a trophy with them even exactly so what has Liam Buckley or not Liam Buckley what has Keith Buckley won with Bowles zero same amount of trophies as their other legend, Detzer. Dave Scully. No, you're on the right full. Pren- uh, Der- oh, Pender. P- Derek Pender. How many yeah. trophies does he won? He's probably there for the Lancer Senior Cup, is he? Fat zero, possibly just the Lancer Senior, but yeah. either way. If they play Pauk anyway, if they do play them, uh, still best away fans ever in Tala. <sighs> it was mesmerising, wasn't it? Yeah. Watching them more than anything. Brilliant. Great lads as well. So we're moving on to the Roadstone Project and the Shamrock Rovers Academy. Passion, respect and unity, Prof. We have got the under-19s and they have beaten Drotted out there 3-0. We had the under-17s, 3-0, one win at home to a tough treaty team. The ladies, under-17s, won all with Donegal at home. And then we have Rovers winning 5-1 out in Ferry Carrick against Wexford. And the 14s, Garts boys, 4-0 against Wexford. So a good weekend all round. That was a hat-trick by Dara Marshall there. For the 14s. Um, so banging in the goals. And doing well once again in the underage section. Yeah so uh, big shout out to the Rovers project. And the Roadstone uh, project for having some fantastic results this weekend. But we've eight Rovers players have been called into the Ural under 15s camp this week. So we've Jack, Ellis, Olaf, Boric, Hugo... Gwietzowski Daniel Mayer Keen Dignam Zach Reddy James Roach and Darren Marshall and a very very proud moment for Mr uh, our former Jonathan chairman Roach former chairman who his son has been called up so a proud moment him playing for Rovers called up for um, Ireland and obviously 
the talent skips a generation. <laughs> or maybe Erica, his lovely wife, was fantastic at football, but <laughs> certainly, certainly not Roji. But congratulations anyway. You know, we just were fantastic. Um, very proud, very proud dad. Yeah, some very promising players in there, like Johnson's son James. You got Marshall, like I said, scored the hat trick. Uh, Dignam is meant to be a big prospect as well. Yeah, so really looking forward to seeing some of them blossom and head into the force team, hopefully. But we have a great interview with community officer Tony O'Neill and SRFC TV, and there's 207 kids taking part in the 12 over summer camps and a fantastic uptake. I was watching this actually, it's on SRFC TV, so every so often I'll just throw SRFC TV and watch some goals, and then this came up very well spoken. Tony, mm-hmm. great at what he does, great guy, really, really good. And, um, and do you know, as we run these things at half time um, of our stream. Whereas if you watch like a Derry or Bowes stream a half time, it'll be blank or they'll just replay ads ten times. You know, we're actually putting some effort in and we're recording original material Yeah. to keep you entertained the half time. That's it. We just, that little bit extra, little bit extra for you lads. Yeah, so um, that's it for the Rollstone Project. And next up, Prof, we have friend of the show. And of course, uh, <laughs> I'll keep that to myself. I won't say much about him. He's a great guy. Connor Cairns and here he is so making his return to Tifties it's none other than Connor Cairns welcome Connor cheers lads thanks for having me again Gareth thanks for showing up this time <laughs> <laughs> yeah people remember a couple of years ago it was me Connor and Carl we co-hosted the podcast in Johnny Blues and uh, I remember Carl was always hoping he would uh, break the record for most listens uh, it was two years ago nearly to the day actually because I was checking on SoundCloud earlier and here's the important part, right? You guys are at 1,649 listens. Mark Kenny and Tony Cousins still narrowly ahead of you on 1,691. Now, so close. Can we just say that out of maybe, what, 1,649 listens, a 1,000 of those are probably just Carl sitting yeah. in his room replaying them. <laughs> or Connor. Yeah, yeah. So, or Connor, yeah, you could be a part of that crew. Someone um, was still you're still up there. You're still much. Yeah. yeah, you're doing well. But Carl was on the Titties Hotline recently, and he spoke very well. We talked. So Connor, you're um, you're giving up your dream to host a co to, to co-host League World podcast, and you've decided that you still want to give this football thing a go. So you're with Galway now. So tell me, are you living there or are you commuting or what? No, I'm living there. Living here pretty much full time. Get home the odd weekend if we're near Dublin, which in fairness is like every second week. So it's grand settled in here. My missus is down with me pretty much all the time as well so I have someone nearby at least to keep me busy keep me out of the football that, that sounds superb <laughs> living in Galway hopefully not too far from our square about five minute walk oh for god's sake listen we were trying to get the re- fixture reverse there last week <laughs> we wanted to have give a, up. We, we give up home advantage yeah Carl said start of the season he's like uh, if you get Rovers in the cup Tifty's bogey bus and everyone's standing there. Gaff. Like, yeah, he actually said it to you. We weren't. We were just going to show up. <laughs> but you had a difficult season at Pat's, where you spent most of it on the sidelines. And talk about where your head was at, at the start of the year. And did you have other offers? And what was the conversation like with Caulfield when he signed you? So my head was directly in the bin for most of that year. Uh, I wanted to pack it in at one point. Like you know, when I went into lockdown, I was like, "Geez, this isn't for me. I'm not like I just just so finished with football." And then I kind of said, you know what, I'll stick it out to the end of the year because I dropped out of college for it. And I said, I'd, I'd, uh, I'll see what comes up at the end of the season. And then John rang me fairly early in pre-season and just said he wanted to, obviously, change and things at Galway. He wanted to go full-time, wanted to 
wanted to get the club back up to the Premier Division and you know, from there it was kind of an easy enough decision to go in back to stay in full-time football and, and push for a promotion this year. And uh, at Pats, it just was it a clash of personalities or was it just too many goalkeepers in the squad? Or? I don't know. Like, I mean, it was a weird one. I was under the illusion that I was coming in and, and Clarkie was going out and we were going on a pre-season to, to uh, go at the Cork and I was sitting on the bus and Clarkie walked off the, onto the bus and I was like, you're gone. Who the hell is and, this guy? <laughs> you're gone. <laughs> what are you doing here? And then they were like, no, no, he's staying now. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, and then, yeah, like, probably like a week before the season started, he was like, no, we're, we're actually going to stick with Brendan. So I don't know if I had the wool pulled over my eyes a little bit or if he had a change of heart, but like, I was under the illusion I was going to be first choice and then, you know, it created a weird, like we all got on well with all the keepers, but it created a weird dynamic. There was kind of an elephant in the room the whole time. Now we're still our mates. We've all since left the club, which is kind of a, a teller for what it was like for the three keepers oh, there, you know? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd imagine that would be, uh, I think, is does the goalkeeper's co- coach, does it rhyme with Schmennings? <laughs> Uh, let's not talk about him (laughs) (laughs) right Um, sorry sorry to compare you with balls now but uh, your seasons have been kind of similar so far and that you're about tipped to do well but you you started poorly and now you're flying you're in your case five wins and a draw in your last six five clean sheets in a row for you Connor Uh, Shelburne obviously running away with at the moment 11 points clear but you must be really happy with how things are going yeah we are now like it was there's a lot of changes to the squad this year, so it was a case of there was going to be a few kind of a few difficult games. It's going to take time to gel, um, and then obviously we got got hiding off shells before the week the week break, and we kind of had time to reevaluate and come back in. We've been flying. We moved 16 points from 18, and we're still 11 points off top. So I think it's it's a testament to how well shells are doing and uh, now, because I think any other year in the first division that type of run, and they're probably back up top of the table. They just happen to have you know, really settled in very quickly and 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 they hit the ground running and haven't looked back. Uh, the other Galway keeper and uh, Boris Johnson look like Kevin Horgan. Before Prof Gosley for <laughs> has he managed to procure a neck? Yeah. He's, uh, he's still lacking in that department, unfortunately. <laughs> he went to Spain to try and find one, I think. <laughs> neck transplant. Yeah, so he left the club during the mid-season break. Uh, you've been ever-present so far, I think. A uh, couple of other robbers... Uh, ex Rovers players, the fans will recognize there Connor McCormick and Thomas Lua. He arrived there in the summer. So, Caulfield has a good mix of pros and young players in the squad. How are McCormick and Alua looking in particular? Well, Baj has kind of set the tone this year because he's, you know, as you'd imagine, the ultimate pro. He's, he's kind of seen and done it all in the league and he's kind of brought in for that reason. So, I think it's, it's a very important uh, part of the squad. So, he sets the tempo and train and sets the standards, kind of demands a lot out of like. Everyone doesn't matter what age you are, and um, kind of treats everyone equally. And it, it's it is it's a, it is a sink or swim environment, but so is sort of every football football dressing room. And I think that's kind of that's since the break, especially he's really been a driving force behind the, the turn of fortunes. We haven't and, seen uh, much of Galway play. Has he been in the middle of the park? Well, I remember he used to play right four for hours at times. They're uh, sitting in front of the back four, really, for the for the bulk of the season, crunching um, everything. He had a bit of a spell at centre half as well earlier on in the year. Uh, in the middle of a back three but for the most part front of the back four still refereeing games as well which is always nice yeah. <laughs> he's ah he is yeah he's you know he's captain for a reason he's like you he said he's he's probably the days of being moved around as a young player in the, in the team are, are gone for him he's the he's the mainstay really 
and uh, Thomas, Thomas, like he's only in a couple of weeks. He's been going fairly well. He's kind of tough for him, tough, tough start to the season with the way things went. That that other crowd, and obviously he left for obviously get first team football. So I think it's uh, it, it's it's important for him now to go and get the head down and start getting to work because he's been he's been kicked on and training quite well the last couple of weeks and probably just needs minutes in the legs now. Yeah, that's it. But it's tough to break into a team like that. I mean, you're they're breaking records. We're going to talk about that soon. You're breaking clean sheet records. You're doing well. You're climbing up the table. It's not exactly easy to go in and knock someone out of that team, you know. No, yeah, and I think there's an element of patience involved there. Like it's it's tough when you sign. Probably at the time he signed, we weren't going. Well, we weren't going poorly, but we we had had a couple of hit and miss results. And uh, you know, I think since he came in, he wanted to play out either up top or on the left. But the two lads are banging goals in, and we're winning games. So exactly, you know, it's yeah. a tough situation. You can't complain, but at the same time, you want to be playing matches. So, if you look, it's, it's a long season, and the way things are now, he's going to get a chance, I'd imagine, because you know, the, even the heat, the way it is, changes are going to have to be made in games now. Like, yeah, exactly. And um, do you ever think that you'd live in a world where Johnny Ward would be the media officer of your club? Isn't this a strange one? <laughs> because the the whole podcast dynamic, and then he ends up at the same club where his media officer is Johnny Ward. I think it's mental. <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't had, actually had a chance to meet Johnny properly yet. Um, Carl is dying to meet him uh, and introduce himself ever since the bus incident. But uh, <laughs> no, like Johnny's he's about the place, but you don't really see him. He's kind of kind of hidden in the corners, taking notes. Yeah, so uh, Johnny should be well aware of uh, what this this stat is. He's lived through all the Gary Shaw goals and the last minute defeats for a decade now. So Connor, do you know how many consecutive wins Rovers have over Galway? Ready with the stats here. Say it's about, I would imagine, about mid 2000s. I'd say about 2007, maybe last time they bet them. I got with 14. That sounds right. We're not too far off. The answer is 19. Whoa. Now, is that daunting? Uh, I was supposed to say no, I'm not. He likes a challenge. He likes a challenge. Ah, look, yeah, look, there are different teams, different squads. We'll, we'll give it a bash. No pressure on us, so. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, I know you. I know you got on great with the. Oh. Sorry, go ahead. Did you give an extra three games for the cup game and the prof nearly on the pitch cup quarterfinal? Or <laughs> that wasn't so, like, in the pitch. That was just Mason in the dress. <laughs> he borrowed prof's dress. <laughs> now, I know you got on great with the the UCD story and Deccan Hughes. Uh, by God, that man can talk. But uh, are there any locals in Galway who uh, love to tell you the story of Galway's famous 1991 FAI Cup final win over Rovers? It's uh, this year in particular because it's it's 30 years, isn't it, this year? Pretty mm-hmm. much. Oh, well, every person you meet associated with the club kind of brings it up. And ever since we got Rovers in the draw, I think a lot, a lot of people thought it was going to be like a fairy tale reunion in the final. But uh, we got them in the first round. But yeah, it's been kind of, it actually is around the club quite a bit. You hear a lot about it. It's on a jersey, I think. I think it's on a jersey somewhere. So, uh, yeah, you hear a lot about that. So, as we said earlier, you and your brother Carl appeared in the podcast back in July 2019. We'd just beaten Bran in the Europa League, but we still hadn't ended the FEI Cup Hoodoo at that stage. Uh, we'd also just signed your UCD teammates and friends of yours, Gary O'Neill and Liam Scales. And at the time, we might look at them as, you know, decent squad players. Now, you look how brilliantly they both performed against Slovan, the Champions League. At this stage, they're integral to the Brazzers team, aren't they? Yeah, well, I think I kind of feel them when they both signed. Like, I was personally, because I saw what they could do, never in doubt they'd go in and settle in because they were always capable of playing at that level. 
uh, and all the two you said between themselves and, and Gaffney they're the three best players in the pitch against Slovan really and like I think it's a testament their, their domestic record since they've gone in is is unbelievable like they've been integral parts of that run that Rovers had without losing games so I'm delighted for the two of them but at the same time I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised because they've always been capable of that and it's, it's probably the least they deserve out of what they do in football for the talent they have and the effort they put in well, see, when Rogers finally did win the FAI Cup trophy, we uh, were all in the Abbo the night for the celebrations and continued on the next day and the next, the next, and the next. And the, it was a special day for the Cairns family. For the which? For our family? For the Cairns family, yeah. The Cairns traps. Ah, <laughs> but how did it go yeah. down in the Cairns household considering your lifelong hoops? Ah, grand. Yeah, it was like, I think, I remember my favourite memory of that was it was me, Bucket, and Carl watching that. And the game ended. And I turned to give Carl a hug, thinking, Port Rovers all of life finally got this. And he was climbing all over Bucket. And he turned, <laughs> goes, take a picture of me and my real brother, will you? I was like, cool. <laughs> celebrate this one with a Brian Barry of my own. <laughs> so um, we uh, now we want to, um, now you want us uh, out in the first round. So it's it's a strange one, but as as Ozzy Nate would say, mixed emotions. Mixed emotions. I was wondering when that shout was going to come out. I was going to find for it. <laughs> the ah, dynamic yeah. in the crowd is very strange, and I, I don't think I'll be standing next to Carl for this one because uh, he's intense. He's very intense when you play. Yeah, yeah, he's going to stand. I think. Yeah, no one is. Be honest with you, like, turns me. Came back after the time he played just in uh, Tala and he was absolutely fuming. Rovers won 3 1 with two late goals. I've never seen him as angry. Apparently, you caught over the front, by the way, which is an interesting one. No, that wasn't me. <laughs> that wasn't me. There's been a lot of people in the stands, all right? There's a lot of people in the stands. <laughs> a lot of people dressed like Gary with the same quiff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of Aussie Knight, uh, is there anything you'd like to say to him, Connor? Because Galway went into that Bray game last week on a five-match winning run. Naturally, oh. Nate saw the old form guide there and saw the form Galway were in, and he plumped for you guys in the last man standing. A nil-nil oh. draw at the seaside. Connor, you've only gone and knocked Nate out of the last man standing. He's gone. What do you have to say for yourself? Uh, look, you get what you pay for, really. There's <laughs> it. At least he didn't, he didn't text me asking me in advance, should he back us? I would have told him uh, the most politician's answer ever, probably. Some people but, do their homework, isn't that right, Currency? You know what <laughs> I mean? Some people do their homework. But they're digging. But look, I just said to him on Friday, we're not coming out of fucks fighters, so we want to be ready. He <laughs> <laughs> you knows the catch is anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we record this, I don't, th- don't think Robert still have announced the capacity yet. No, we've nothing yet, but uh, impending bad news, unfortunately. So as mm. you as you listen to this, you will know, but it's not looking good. It's not looking good. But either way, whether it's five hundred or thousand or whatever, how great is it to have the fans back in the grounds? And are you actually kind of looking forward to getting a bit of abuse from the cell stand? Uh, stuff like you fat bastard rang out last time. You're on Tad. I'm sure Gary be leading the way. And considering and considering we've been quite uh, strategic and very effective in our abuse of goalkeepers lately with a baby <laughs> certainly getting it in the neck and. <laughs> Totally, totally being effective. So don't take it personally, okay? Ah, no, I will. Never come on the podcast again if I get anything. <laughs> so, the only worst thing is I was 12 kilos lighter in that game and never called me, you fat bastard. So God knows how it's going to go this week. 
I remember Connor saying to me, like, I, I'm one third of an Alan Manis, and they're calling me a fat bastard. Before we let you go, you might remember when you were in Johnny Blues before in 2019, when you were cracking open a non alcoholic beer right next yeah. to the microphone. I asked you, what was your favorite interview, or even what was your favorite part of Tales from the East End in general? And you said that you loved Connor's Corner. Now, right. People will remember young Rovers fan Connor Foley, aka Barry Bear. He used to write these nonsensical texts in the WhatsApp group, and we would read them out loud on the show verbatim. Uh, but I think Barry learned his lesson, didn't he? Because the material quickly dried up. He stopped using his phone at three or four in the morning when he's on a session. There were a few good ones that I did save, but it wasn't enough. You know, I needed to build more of a collection. Well, Mr. Kearns, I'm delighted to inform you <laughs> that Connor and a few young lads are after going on a holiday to Portugal. <laughs> and to say that he's let his guard down would be an understatement. A treasure trove of material. <laughs> I've seen one video. No. Oh, no. <laughs> treasure trove. You know what? Just before we went on air here, he sent in a great one. I was like, oh my God, I can't even keep up yeah, with this. Yeah, we have to wait two hours now. <laughs> but uh, you might remember last time we did this with Aaron McAniff. And he, he just said, what's wrong with this fella? <laughs> so looking forward to seeing your reaction. So, Mr. Kearns, would you like to participate in the much-anticipated return of Connor, Connor's Corn today? I'd be ecstatic to participate. So the three of us can just ask you to get right in close to the microphone. Every time you're, it's your turn to read. So you see your name before you sing there. So you see yeah. I'm first there. So watch out for when you come up. So I'll kick us off here. <clears throat> Connor says, So many things in the world that I'd love to know the answer to. Area 52, time travel. The Banshee is definitely real. <coughs> not, not a comment to be seen here, by the way. Barry doesn't do comments. Uh, next one. I'd he'd beg debate whether GG Avery Finn ET. Eyes <laughs> shite or very good. Right, you're next, Connor. He says this about YouTube boxer Logan Paul. Not as bad as he used to be to K. That humbled him, done that, and he's still not as bad as his brother. That's his thoughts on Logan Paul. I agree, we, I agree with that. And we have uh, after Aaron Green misses a one-on-one -on -one chance against Dundalk, and we look for clips online, so um, Barry says, anyone have grit... Hold on, hold on. Anyone have Gren Miss? You're again. And then we have, he said this about Ray Whale in Stockholm. He says, first time, Oment Ray over to Gier asked him, did he know you to do Guhim in to see where you stand? There you go. Very, very touching story. And uh, now it's time for Barry Abroad. Alba Ferrer edition. So everything from now on, he has written since he's been in Portugal. It's only like a few days. So he writes this to Dan Fulham. This is the first night away. And Barry says, 
I can't Shenakdadi my advent. It's not Mbits. I can't even tell you what I think that is. <laughs> I don't know. And later that night, he's feeling the hangover now, Connor, and he says, Ina Hape just got feeling G rear. Over to you, Connor. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> On the way home from the night out, he expresses anger at the taxi driver. Heed, <laughs> <laughs> I do, why not, I say. You came, man. Booga booga. That's an angry Victoria. Oh, oh, right, and then we have um, fuck the ultras, bring back the parties, and then he corrects himself, larried, and he corrects himself again. Larry's. Yeah. So he's he's inciting hatred here now between the groups. Yeah. And Connor later adds, I drunker, I'd gehidjid in the mutiny. Yeah. Like we said, you <laughs> know exactly what he means there. Oh. Right, back to you, Connor. Barry and his pals meet and hang out with some Irish girls in their apartment and he takes a selfie of one of them in the apartment. He says... She's a north sider though. Whereabouts? Has someone in the WhatsApp? (laughs) 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 Oh, belly button. (laughs) (laughs) What part the belly button from? Oh my god! (laughs) Belly button flats. (laughs) Oh, he corrects himself and says. Ballymon. Connor's in tears here. We all there. Oh, very. There you go, Connor. Not your typical uh, League of Barn interview there. Oh, do you know what? I needed that. My God, what a pick me up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, best of luck, Connor, uh, every week after and not including Friday. Uh, Best of luck for the rest (laughs) of the season. Thanks for joining us. See you later, Connor. An absolute pleasure. Take care. Yeah. So I'm expecting a. I don't know if Barry's the litigious type. I'm expecting to be sued heavily <laughs> by him one of these days. But he's a great, great guy. We love him so much. And he just gets... Connor, uh, Connor Kearns, I mean, he enjoyed that so much. <laughs> Every now and then I just look up at the screen and he was in tears. Ah, oh, man. He's a great guy. He's such a great guy. Uh, but great Real to hear great. from Connor again. His second appearance. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like we say, ho- hopefully God will come up. That's it. That's we'll it. see him next season. Uh, they're doing well and with fairness I think that was my tip and it was falling flat in its arse for a while my tip was Galway to go up and Caulfield to steer them into the Premier Division because he's a good gaffer and I still maintain that Cork should never sack them I thought it was far too premature um, yep yeah, so next up prof we have and there you will finish toward and starting 11s and predictions Yeah, so this is kind of getting harder as we go on, Prof. I thought it was going to get easier because we have more squad members, but it's actually getting harder. Of a couple, a couple. Of, now, considering it's the cup, and we've got Pats next week, um, I still want to go through. I don't want to fuck about. So I'm going to go Manus, Scales, Pico, Joey. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go f- strength. I'm going to go strong here. I'm going to go Cavo on the left, Finn on the well, right. Cavo needs games, so definitely. Cavo, Cavo. needs games. Yeah. 
definitely. Finn on the right again because Finn has been un undroppable for me. Towel and Gary O'Neill. I am loving this combination. Like Jason Maloney said, a little bit of discipline in beside Gary O'Neill. And it, it works a tree from. I think it's really good. The top three, I think Greener was magic against against uh, Derry. He was fucking unplayable and you can't drop him. Gaffney came on, changed the game and I just love Gaffney. Burke for me, good player. I'm dropping him a lot lately. I'm dropping him again. Watts was man the match. So Bork is gone. So I'm going to go Watts Green. Right, just keep dropping on top scorer. He'll, he'll keep scoring. But there you go. Yeah, we'll keep going till it, till it stops. But Watts Green and Gaffney. It's like the junior hoops raffle. So the sponsor. <laughs> sponsoring the match ball. So I'm going Watts Green and Gaffney up top. Which leaves us with Gannon on the bench. Leaves us Borky on the bench. Leaves us Mandroyu on the bench. So there we go. This is what a big squad can do for your team. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go a Humdinger 3-2. I'm going to go Humdinger 3-2 and Gaffney Greener and Tell with a late surging lung bursting run into the box <laughs> and uh, cannot wait for us to hopefully go through to the, the next round but it is it's a tough one like I'm leaving out Grace do you know what I mean and even though we were talking about getting games into him yeah. but I need I'd rather get Cavo get games into Cavo and have Scales in the team Let's go Cavo on the left instead of Scales and get games into. I love the way Scales advances from the ball with the ball from centre half. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, a no-brainer for me. Finn has been brilliant out on the right. I just can't. I can't like I'm dropping Bork fair enough and Mandrew, but I just think Green Gaffney and Watts up top is definitely enough to slay this Galway team. And like even if you had Greener Gaffney and Watts on the bench, and you had Bork and Mandrew and someone else up top. You'd still be very confident with that bench, so it's it's a really really good squad at the moment. Yeah, I'm gonna play uh, Mandrayu and Burke there instead of Watts and Green. Oh, we finally differ. And I'm gonna have Greener coming off the bench to hopefully make an L brace there. Oh, lovely! What score are we gonna go? And uh, I'm, I'm gonna say an L three nil win. Oh, clean sheet! Clean hopefully, sheet. hopefully. Um, yeah, so that's our starting elevens and predictions, Prof. And um, so your LOI season your LOI TV season doesn't cover this guys so 5 euro make sure if you aren't able to get into the game you pay your fiver and you get mm -hmm. uh, your stream fantastic stuff as usual and like we said Phelan making his debut alongside Gertz uh, really looking forward to it and uh, Connor's opposite number girl, Alan Manis on Friday will look a bit different he certainly will he's going to look even more intimidating even more scary he has shaved his head. He's baldy balls. There you go. Now, maybe he is a baldy balls, but he's also a baldy head. Tipty is exclusive. Um, this is possibly terrifying for strikers. Possibly <laughs> a great mental aspect of Manus's game, where he's going to scare strikers into not scoring. But it is. It's a new one, and uh, he's gone baldy. So he's uh, no hair. So that's it. Alan Manus has shaved his head. But yes, so long for the home game. It will be rescheduled for Friday, August 6th and then will be moved to Sunday because of Europe. So we'll have them at home on the 6th. and well, It'll um, be the 8th then of uh, August on the Sunday. Yeah, so hopefully uh, we, we will be successful in that. So that's it for this week, Prof. We have nothing else really to talk about. Don't forget to support the Love Rovers Hate Racism campaign. Share, subscribe, like all of our East So go East Ham Pod on Twitter. Tell us on the East Ham on Instagram, Riley Parsons on Facebook and go follow and Listen to us talk shy. But that's it for this weekend. Hopefully see you in the South Stand. So keep on hooping. See ya.